Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Cents. If you're a regular listener, you know that Selena, Nafisa and I each bring two subjects that we think are overrated, two that are underrated, and then unpack and debate them here at the virtual roundtable for our listeners to do the same. Uh, but this episode, we're changing things up a bit. Over on our Instagram, we asked you to send us a topic, thought, question, or comment, maybe something that you think is overrated or underrated. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about some of those. So let's get started. So we've got at Simon underscore 998, who says, Hi, beautiful ladies. I've seriously missed the podcast. We have been here. You're not listening, Simon. <laughs> so my question is and perhaps we may never reach a conclusive answer how can we come to terms with the fact that as human beings we cannot possibly shine a light on every social justice issue there is with all the information we are exposed to and the awareness we have over global suffering 24 7 how can we deal with or combat the sense of guilt of not doing enough to help those being oppressed globally salam you know you should be tweeting about every single issue you should be writing a thought piece about everything you should be donating all your wealth to every single charity that comes your way you should be making dua and tahajjud every single night for a different country every single night um you should be going to every single protest that you hear about you know you should be doing everything you know it's not an excuse not negotiable. Simon. It's non-negotiable. Yeah, you have to go to every single pro. It's a long. It's a full-time job. Yeah. Um. No, I'm joking. That <laughs> side of the story, personally, because the reality is you can't go to every single protest, mm. right? We can't. Um. You know, all of us have wealth. Perhaps some of us can't donate wealth every single month. You know, we. Some of us live in. Um. What's the word? Month to month. Month to month. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is perhaps we're not in a, in, a, in a position to give wealth on a particular month, right? But it doesn't mean that we can't give sadaqa, right? Whether it's volunteering, whether it's dua, etc. And I think activism, obviously it's Islamic, right? It is part of our deen to help those around the world. And I think part of it is reframing actually how we live, reframing how we live and who we're living for. The second thing I think what makes activism easier is it's a way of life, right? I feel like there are different causes, different campaigns, different things that require a different um, response from us. So I, I think um, I really understand where this question is coming from, especially because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of shaming online. Like one of my friends was saying to me that like last week, someone on Twitter was like, if you're not going to the Shukri Abdi protest, unfollow me. Yeah. And my friend was like, 
you know, she's someone who who was going to the Shukri Abdi protest like when it first happened. And mm. she was like, you know, was this person at that protest? Should I start shaming them now? Because only now they're aware and things like that. And I think mm. I've felt really uncomfortable with social media of like this expectation that people start and end on social media mm. and like the action you take starts on social media, ends on social media and like your whole existence is reflected on social media and when she says you know we cannot possibly shine a light on every social justice issue there is I always think about the hadith which is you know hate it with your heart if you know the it goes through the ranking of like speak out do something with your hands or hate it with your heart and that's the weakest of um faith but it's it's still an action from our our deen that we're prescribed and I think you know it if for some people that might sound like a cop-out but I actually think you know Islam has obviously um accounted for the fact that we will witness many injustices and we will witness all these things that are happening and you know we also put a lot of um we also know there's a lot of emphasis in Islam on the state of our hearts and our intentions and and what that actually manifests you know if you're doing you know it's that whole thing we were talking a couple of episodes about of like can you sit with yourself and be honest with yourself and be like actually I am doing x y and z and I have tried to enable or amplify or do something um but I think for me personally if you do feel a guilt like that's also a good thing in some ways of like not feeling like you're just like oh there's just so many things like what am I little me meant to do you know um so yeah I think everyone struggles with this um especially because you know also social media moves so fast like you log out for two weeks and then because you haven't posted about x you look like you haven't cared about x but really you just you just haven't been on social um and so yeah I I think it's an interesting conversation I think a lot of people are struggling with it and also I think it's where again like goes back to our last episode where we're talking about being performative and what that that looks like because it's very easy to just you know every time you see an injustice you just repost it on social and you feel like that's your work done um so yeah that's what I would have to say like you said Naf I don't think like our activism starts and ends on social media Allah's not going to come to us like on the day of judgment and say right let me pull out your your social media history oh okay that's what people act like yeah this on this day and this day you didn't actually um post about a specific cause what what were you doing like that's not how it's gonna work guys obviously um i think what what happens often is if you people look up to you in the community i'm not necessarily talking about myself but you know you see it with bloggers a lot like you'll see comments under their pages or like people will repost like oh can't talk about yemen oh can't talk about um mali can't talk about this can't talk about that and then it's like, oh, then the people are pulled to account, like, why aren't you using your social media for good? Yeah. And yeah, definitely, I think there is the, this this trend online where if you're not speaking out, out about it, you don't care or you're not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then that also, for me, it's like, so why are we posting? Are we posting to Just let other the people box. know yeah, that, hey, I'm woke, I am aware of this situation, um, and I'm going to post do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think, you know, social media, I know we've, it's been around for a while, but it's still relatively new in the way that we're using it and in the fact that things like clicktivism um, 
is yeah it's quite recent i'd just like to chime in on what yeah, you but... said um Shula, about the um social media especially because if mm. we think about the ways that social media has opened up to so many other social justice issues and, and our understanding of activism as well like social media has given us the ability to put a spotlight on everything from mm. the smallest and most grassroots of um the social justice issues to the biggest humanitarian crises out there and i mean pre-social media normal day-to-day -day life we just wouldn't know about um all of these things and and it that not as like quickly it, well not as well yeah not as quickly but it would be a double-edged sword in the sense that obviously we now have the ability to raise awareness of so much more and you know distribute our resources redistribute our resources to so many more causes but it yeah. it also works against us in that we do feel this like collective guilt for not being able to tackle everything and our capacity is only as big uh, only as big as our like uh, resources and that literally just comes down to our personal mental and emotional thresholds as much as it does like our external like resources um uh, and i think it's like chiming in again on what you said nafisa about like ihsan effectively is that excellence is not the ability to do everything and and do it really really well it's the ability to know what your personal capacity capacity is at any given moment and then to make the mm -hmm. best and most conscious decisions at that time and remember that your personal capacity changes every day. I just want to go back to the question where it says, how can we come to terms with the fact that human beings, we cannot possibly shine a light on every social uh, justice issue there is. I think in terms of coming to terms with something like this, like, who, like what are we doing things for? We're doing it for Allah, right? Mm -hmm. And I think if you, can, if, if you can go back to Allah and, and be like, I'm trying my best here, inshallah, please accept it from me. And I think just having that constant dialogue with Allah and having those conversations with Allah will, will help you feel a little bit more settled. Obviously, we never know how much is enough. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, but I think that's the main thing that matters, your connection with Allah and not everybody else and what everyone else thinks of what you're doing and how yeah. you're doing and it's it. Very, and it's very easy to I fall think, into that pressure because mm. of you know the online and you're seeing everyone posting and okay so we have a submission from r slam i'm a new listener of your podcast so apologies if this is something you've already covered previously but my question is regarding hijab i've been on the <laughs> journey these past few months to try to take the next step i guess and wear the hijab but the shaitan in my head talks me out of it i understand the song <laughs> I understand this all why are you laughing at it's, like, it's just because you know what like within muslims it's really normal to like be like oh the shaitan whispered to me like yeah yeah you know it's I mean? true <laughs> imagine going to work and someone's like how are you yeah all right but you know the devil just i just like hearing those whisperings and <laughs> I, I, maybe i just need to pray my 2am prayers a bit more i don't know jenny like, <laughs> I understand the sole purpose of wearing hijab is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but I just can't seem to fall in love with it. And then that makes me question my whole deen. I sometimes think I'm being too harsh on myself because I know it's a struggle, especially in this day and age. But I'm worried that I'm going to be forever in that quote unquote, I'll do it when I'm ready mindset and put it off because I need to fix my prayer first. So I can't be wearing hijab yet. I know this is ultimately a personal experience, but can you provide some advice on what helped you on your journey? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all for your amazing podcasts. Love, our kiss. 
well. Sheila actually does an open letter to me yeah. and Zara in work from home <laughs> episode. Can't remember. <laughs> it's actually number one or two. Oh, oh, yeah. One title no, is um, wearing the hijab before the end of the world. No, this and then it's the one after that. Because oh, yeah, remember, so, that was yeah. just me and you. And oh, yeah. then Sheila, Sheila provided us feedback in, on our discussion. So, um, and did an open letter to us. <clears throat> I want to say some from my perspective of not wearing the hijab. Like, I, I know, like, again, like, there's always these conversations of, like, oh, hijabis are not better than non-hijabis and not blah, 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 blah. But I do think there's a bit of grey area nuance in that, like, and I've spoken about this before, of, um, I remember we all went to lunch somewhere quite a while ago, and I was, I was trying to explain how the fact that I don't wear a hijab requires me to acknowledge that there's yeah. a deficiency in my in my deen in my relationship with Allah and I, I and and that's not just like and I'm saying that from my perspective like I have to account for myself you're that, not that saying you're less than someone who wears hijab you're just saying me and my deen I yeah there's there's a there's a problem there is how I see it for myself right really yeah, yep. there is a problem. You're not following a commandment of Allah. That's a problem. Same way, if you're not praying, that's for me. If I'm not praying, that's a problem, mm. right? And I, yes, you can be like, like praying as a pillar of Islam. Um, hijab isn't a pillar, but it's still fine. I believe it's fine. There's something that, you know, is prescribed to us. And I, I think I understand why you would feel like, you know, questioning your whole deen, because it's especially mm. like, that intertwined with the fact that how it is talked about and the fact that every other week you've got a dawah brother talking about hijab you know and doing conversations stuff like that and I I think sometimes what we've done is almost underplayed the hijab as and it's been as a like trauma response to brothers policing us mm -hmm. um, oh society yeah and so yeah. that's left a very little amount of space to actually be honest with these conversations of not wearing the hijab wanting to take it off not you know engaging with it and all of these sort of things so yeah again not like an answer to your question but just how like i see it for myself personally i, I would say i i um a lot of what nafisa said has, resonates with me also as someone who doesn't um wear the headscarf but I think specifically in response to what you said about um, falling in love with it, I have had a lot of conversations like my, in my personal circle, both my sisters wear the headscarf. And um, I was telling like Nafisa and Selena the other day, my older sister who came to me the same thing and said that she just really, 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 really doesn't like wearing the headscarf. Mm. She wore it quite late in life. Um, she put it on, yeah, she put it on quite late in life and she just, you know, every now and then especially it was like a 30 degree day and she mm -hmm. just said I just don't I just don't want to wear it it makes me feel xyz and we we have so many of these conversations we've even seen them online where they'll just turn around at the end of it and they'll say you know I'm just doing it for the sake of Allah and I think in that moment like the the feeling I've taken away whenever I've heard somebody engage with the hijab that way is that actually that is the purest form of love and that mm -hmm. you don't need to absolutely love like how it looks on your head or how it makes you feel you know while you may not fall in love with it you're you're actually performing an act of love for Allah and that's something that you could take away from this whole situation
when you say it makes you question your whole being, whenever I think about the fact that it's one of the biggest acts of love to do something that may be against your nafs or maybe against your like personal desires, but you do it anyway because Allah asked you to and you're doing it for his sake. Um, it, it's, it actually takes the question mark away from like my whole, like the, the question mark over my whole being and the fact that I have to do things I don't like sometimes. Um, mm. yeah I, I don't know I hope that's my that's my personal like add-on um, obviously I've been wearing hijab for how long now like you always ask me your timelines I don't know bro. five and a half years actually more six mm, I think six plus yeah yeah I've been wearing it for about six years and I would say that I'm an accidental hijabi because I, I was a Ramadan Muslim, I was that, and, and yeah, I've always been a Ramadan Muslim, and then there was one Ramadan, uh, it was the year that I got married, where I was like, you know what, I'm going to put the hijab on for Ramadan. It was like, it was the extension of me um, worshipping Allah, but you know what, I'm fasting, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm going to put the, the hijab on, to, it's almost like an extra donation. My was, wasn't it that you were going to the mosque a lot so you were yeah and anyway. i was yeah and i was having some personal issues etc so i also like i said accidental obviously when you're going in the mosque you're going to pray you would put a hijab on so i always carried a hijab in my bag and then you know just as i'm like a couple of meters away from the mosque quickly put it on because i'm not a permanent hijabi i'm just a mosque hijabi and then i quickly like dash it on on really badly but as soon as i'd walk in there would be a sister helping me adjust it and i welcomed it as well because she like, says she can't have your chest out and, you know, what, what you're doing here. So, like, she'd help me adjust it and stuff. Um, and then Ramadan finished and it was Eid day. And I just remember looking in the mirror and I was like, and by the end of Ramadan, I had deep that it was a fud. Mm. Like, it's a fud. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing all this time. In my no, life. I know. I know what you mean. I, I did it really deep that it was like a fud. Yeah. Like, I knew it was part of our identity as Muslim women, but I never deeped, like, and I was really studying the deen then. I really did what it meant, what a fund meant. Like, you have to pray, you have to put, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, but now I know that. I can't take it off. Do you know what I mean? It's like, when you find out about a piece of food that has X chemical in it, I'm like, well, now I know that. Well, it's not haram, always haram. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm not going to eat it. So for me, it just then became like, oh, well, I can't take it off now because I've come into this knowledge. And then it stayed, and I had obviously a couple of close people I'm like, "Oh, you're keeping it on." Ramadan's finished. I was like, "Yeah, I can't Still take it off." You've got the fancy dress on. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh no, I can't take it off because now." And literally, I remember looking in the mirror. I was like, "Allah can see me right now, and Allah is aware that I am aware that it yeah. is now a phone." And I think I, 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 I don't love my hijab. I'm not like, "Oh, I can't wait to go outside and wear my hijab today." Like, I don't love my hijab, do you know what I mean? And I think sometimes we over-romanticise parts of our deen, like, oh, I really need kushu in my salah, my dua needs to be poetic, I need to get up at tahajjud without feeling tired, fajr needs to be without sleep in my eyes, and hijab needs to just be effortless. These things are hard. Yeah, that's the crux of a lot of some of these things. They are hard, and I don't love, and I think if you're waiting to fall in love with your hijab, then you'll be waiting for a long time. I think part of it is really going back to what 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 is it? It's a fard, right? And just sitting with yourself there, but also not overwhelming yourself and not driving yourself into guilt. And if you're having challenges with wasa wasa, then it's also a signal to um, have dhikr on your tongue, 
make sure you're reciting the protection of the wife through your day as well. Um, and there are times in our life or times where, yeah, where you feel like there's a lot more waswasa. So yeah, definitely make a lot more dua, inshallah, and, and duas for protection. You know, may Allah make it easy for you. If this is a means to, to gain closeness to Allah, um, may Allah make it easy for you. And make dua mm. for it. Make dua for it to be easy for you, inshallah. So at underscore S1ham wants us to talk about loneliness, as they say, it's a big topic and wants us to unpack it. Um, I'm actually really ready for this one because, you know, I don't know if anyone knows, but I actually wrote, was commissioned. I was going to say, read it out. <laughs> um, so last year I um, had a commission from the lovely Galdem and Bumble. Yes, Bumble, the dating app, but they also have a friends like um, connecting app. Um, and it was at an event and it was really beautiful. Um, and they asked me to do, write a talk about loneliness. Um, and initially I was like, oh my God, this is like really like curveball for me. Cause normally I'm like, when I do talks, I'm like talking about business and coding and stuff like that. But I, I welcomed it as like a challenge to sort of push myself to write something different and a bit creative. Um, so when I saw this question, I thought, actually, might as well do some repurposing of the content and read out for our lovely listeners. So if you're ready um, for my personal reading, then, you know, grab a cup of tea and get ready. Talk about loneliness. Which cliche do I go for? The Allah and Islam filled avoid? Or do I go for the millennial angle of I scroll through Instagram and feel lonely too? Or should I go for the brown girl diaspora cliche of I feel lonely knowing that part of me is left back home in the motherland? Or maybe I could squeeze one out about how lonely it is being a founder. Loneliness is universal, right? Everyone feels that at some point and few talk about it. I love alone time. I get to clean the house and look at the finished product with pride. I get to order a takeaway for one and pay the extortionate price. I get to sit and watch Netflix in a face mask or read a book or I get to just roll around in bed while scrolling on my phone. I get to cook and pretend to host my own cooking show, always in an American accent for added effect. I get to walk towards the mirror pretending I'm on a runway. I get to live my best self or let's be, re let's be real, mostly my slob self and no one gets a look in. But when does it tip from living my best life alone to loneliness? When does it go from I love who I am and who I am becoming to wondering if I'm lonely because of who I am? There's a self-judgment that comes with loneliness. Maybe I'm too cold. Maybe I work too much. Maybe I'm boring. Maybe I'm no fun. Maybe I don't make enough effort. Maybe I expect too much. Maybe I don't know how to build relationships. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe this whole conversation is just self-absorbed. Maybe I'm all in my feels because I'm on my period. Maybe it's not that deep, or maybe it is. I guess I was nervous about this talk because I feel pressured to move you, to make you feel emotions and pressured to lift a weight off you. I feel pressured to make you feel like it's okay if you're lonely because loneliness sounds so heavy. We think of the old lady alone, a young girl upset or feeling isolated and unloved. But loneliness can also feel mundane. It can feel like self-doubt. It can feel boring. It can feel like having no one to enjoy your Saturday with. Um, sorry, moving on. So maybe I'm not lonely, or maybe I'm boring, or maybe I'm bored. Perhaps we need to bring the conversation. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...down a notch. Maybe we need to speak about loneliness in the same way we say, I'm tired. There's no judgment when you say, I'm tired. It's not embarrassing. Everyone gets it and everyone admits it. No matter your age or your circumstance, you get tired. Sometimes it's a flittering state, sometimes deeper. Sometimes it's that your soul is tired. Sometimes you're fed up. But you have a sense of knowing what you need to do when you're tired. And you know it's something that will come and something that will go. You might just need some sleep or you might need to confront that thing that is keeping you up at night. Or you might need to eat better. Or you might need a rehaul or maybe you need to quit your job. So maybe I should reach out to that friend I thought was living her best life. Maybe I should ask her if she wants to come over on Saturday. And maybe she might say yes, or maybe she might just say she's tired. Beautiful. That's a Poignant. Beautiful. Beautiful. Loneliness. It's definitely, I really like that, Nafisa. Selena's clicking her fingers. I was clicking. <laughs> I, was, I was clicking through the whole thing here. Um, loneliness is definitely be a journey for me. I think something before it was something I really feared. It was something that I was really scared of. Um, and I think loneliness coupled with X emotion can be dangerous. So if you're lonely and depressed, if you're lonely and sad, if you're lonely and angry, if you're lonely and you know what I mean? But I think loneliness, it really is dependent on your state. Um, so like, obviously like, I've, and I, just, I, just, I think I've been trying to explore like, when is it loneliness? When is it solitude? When is loneliness actually okay? Mm. And you're feeling it. And when is loneliness actually very painful and you need almost like a remedy for it? I think when your heart feels that loneliness, that's when you're like, your heart's actually knocking like, hello, hello, you can get company, hello, um, are you just going to be by yourself in your thoughts all the time? That's when like, I guess you have to address it somewhat. Mm. Um, as long as it's not detrimental to you, right? I think loneliness is okay. Um, and I say that um, being someone that likes to be surrounded with people, etc. but as I've become a mother and in the last few years, I would say, like, I really like alone time. I really like, that's when I re, re, regenerate, rejuvenate, rejuvenate. That's when I, like, I'm able to gather my energy back again. And I actually really love it. I like being lonely in places like the, the woods. God, I sound like a weirdo. But, like, I like to go for walks by myself, you know. So, um, yeah, it's a really interesting 
topic i think i think um with loneliness it's such a like broad kind of feeling um Mm. uh, to get a grasp on i think because loneliness is one of those feelings just like um just like depression and anxiety and happiness even you can carry it through in lots of different states so it it doesn't matter sometimes if you're um surrounded by people you can feel incredibly lonely um even if you're in the company of those that you love and i think so like separating solitude from loneliness is a really important um kind of distinction because Mm. solitude is actually you know practiced practiced quote unquote correctly and by that i mean in a way that's not having any negative like ramifications on your mental or emotional well-being is mm. actually something that can bring you a lot of peace like our prophet peace be upon him spent a lot of time in solitude so did all of the um the um nba and like it's a very i mean in today in today's context like um meditation and um um solitude are things that like encourage you to kind of um be at one with yourself and i think understanding loneliness as a a connection to yourself and your well-being is probably a um a shortcut way at each stage of loneliness which i no doubt every human will experience throughout their lifetime it commands like a different version of connection to yourself and Mm. and a little bit of tolerance as well because sometimes it's something within our control and sometimes it's not sometimes it is a matter of extending yourself out to other people and being in the company of those that love and nourish you first and foremost Mm. because the wrong company can can equally isolate you so much and sometimes it's a matter of when you're by yourself feeling like you can be content in your own company or with the company of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that ayat in the quran that talks about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being closer to us than our jugular vein is something that has been such a crutch for me i was going to say sometimes loneliness can be rooted in like feeling a stagnation in the relationships around you and feeling Mm -hmm. like you know you've got these people around you you're talking to them but you're not really feeling like a connection and it might feel like you you might feel quite I know in the past it's been I've felt quite stagnant Mm. and Mm. I've just felt like actually I'm just talking to people to talk to them but I'm not you're I'm not actually communicating with someone if that makes sense Mm. um and yeah there's so many different route that where the the root of that loneliness comes from like it can be a spiritual route it can be a in like your surrounding route it can be like a personal route it can be like so it can be a boredom can be the route you know sometimes it is boredom um mm-hmm. and that's why like when I wrote that talk it was like actually I've had Saturdays where it's not loneliness it's just oh the weather's really nice it would be really nice to have someone to be able to go and do something with right you know, and I think sometimes we also think that everyone's got plans already. Everyone's already got like fire motives to do. And I think if anything, lockdown has showed us that no one does nothing anyway. So <laughs> it's so interesting because a, a, a quite a while ago, um, we I'm part of this mummy group basically. And um, oh, you are a mum. Yeah, yeah, I'm a mum. I'm actually I've actually got two kids. One is sitting on my lap right now, being very quiet and patient. And we kind of been in and out of contact. And then when we actually all met up, um, 
I was just like, you know, I don't want this to just be some like friendship where we're like, hey, how are you? Alhamdulillah. And that's it. Um, and then I, I turned to everyone and I said, so what, I'm going to tell you what I need from the friendship and um, everybody else feel free to share. And just for context, everyone is married um, in that group apart from myself. Um, so I was just like, oh, weekends sometimes are a bit tricky because usually weekends are family time. So it usually means me and the kids are out doing our thing, but everybody else is busy. So we can't really meet up with them and stuff like that because that's their t- which is understandable, you know, husbands working nine to five, blah, blah, blah. It's sometimes like I've found that the remedy for me of like loneliness is like thinking of everyone else as lonely as well. And thinking of like, actually, I could like reach out to someone and we could like have a chat or we could like check in properly on like a proper level, not just like a superficial level. And rather than seeing everyone as like, oh, everyone's got plans, everyone's preoccupied, everyone's like not interested, seeing people as lonely and and also needing connection. Ah, that's really interesting. So it's not like in a position of um, I need those relationships to serve uh, a a fill for my loneliness. In fact, I want to be someone who reaches out to people in society because actually loneliness is a part of our, a problem of our society, right? Scenario, nice name, like that, play on words, wants us to talk about grieving a spiritual connection with a friend. Upon drastic change, you feel a sense of loss. Can we unpack this? Yeah, um, I think it's really interesting. I think for for us, obviously, we don't have context for some of these questions. Um, So I'm going to answer it as I understand it, that you've lost, um, obviously, connection with a friend and it used to be spiritual. Um, That's that mystic, Meg. (laughs) I, you and know what, when I read that, your card reading. when I read that, I have a lot of thoughts, but when I read that, I just thought about some of the, the friendships that are not as strong for me anymore. Um, and part of it was, it wasn't that we lost the spiritual connection. It was that I changed, obviously. And then I realized that there wasn't the connection that I needed there in mm. the first place. Um, and those friendships ended up fizzling out right obviously we maintain contact etc but they're just not what they used to be before um and um can i come in on that yeah yeah i think sometimes what i've realized like i i can't say that i've like grieved a spiritual connection with a friend but i i think i can resonate in terms of a friendship like changing or ending or fizzling out and things like that and i think sometimes for me it's been that that friendship has been upheld by shared memories Mm. and rather than current shared values uh, connection and things like that and and there's only so much a friendship can carry on based on its past history you know Mm. because eventually those memories are from you being very different person at that time and you now like you're almost talking about a different person when you're also talking about those memories and and you you feel like a sense of you know for me I think of it as like actually if I met this person today would I be friends with them Mm. maybe maybe not 
and it doesn't have to be that you have loads of things in common you know there's there's friends that i have that they're just beautiful people mashallah you know yeah and like that, i love that, that yeah and that would like stand the test of time because they're mm. just amazing people mm. and there are some friends where their your friendship is based on a commonality or a shared interest or a shared goal or a shared value or a shared phase of life mm. and I think it's quite natural for some of those to find have a finality in them and not in like any bad like not any like bad um what's the word I'm looking for? Bad blood. Like no no like um bad vibes. Yeah, like no bad vibes. It's just like there's you know, that that season served a purpose in your yeah. life and for them as well. And you know, you yeah, it's it's just it's it's over mm. um and i think with like the thing is with relationships we often view them in the lens of permanent and the thing is like obviously allah always says like don't attach yourself to the creation and anything in this dunya right but i think you know this is coming from someone who does attach themselves to people like uh, i you know i do get attached to people even if like it's somebody that i've been dming for some time and we've seen each other once like i have love for that person um and yeah it's hard but i think when you go back to that reminder it really helps and as well i remind myself that you know these friendships are gifts so like sometimes you get a gift and you enjoy like a box of chocolates mm. you eat that box of chocolates and it lasts you like for six months and that's it that's done you know what i mean when if you go to get the box of chocolates again it wouldn't have the same feeling um mm. because it's like that sandwich and i remember us too <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. Um, yeah, and I was thinking about the fact that, you know, everything serves during, there's a time and purpose for everything. Um, or you, and, and you might have just served, you know, it, it sometimes like you might have just been a thing in that person's life. And, mm -hmm. you know, you were, you were, you were like a means for that person to go through something or learn something or share and vice versa, or it might have been yeah. mutual. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I also want to say actually I reconnected with a friend recently um, because I recognised that actually we've always had a spiritual connection mm. but we lost touch over the last like three, four years, you know Louise um, now mm. so yeah one of my friends Louise, she's seven day Adventist and she's always, she was always like through uni like we lived with each other she was proper like, not, I'm not going to say religious but she went to church um, every Saturday um, she like her, her a lot of her friends her life was around the church do you know what i mean like and then served a lot of different i love things. interfaith friendships i know me too I and really... it was just nice we reconnected the other day um and she bought like aisha spanish book ages ago and the kids are really interested in it now like mm -hmm. they're all like learning the numbers and that and then so i just i sent her a, a voice note saying oh the kids are really appreciating the book like they want to read it before bed every day <laughs> and we were reconnected we had like a little facetime chat <clears throat> and it was nice for me to be able to t talk to her about faith mm. or not even talk to her about faith but have faith in my conversation like, yeah I, uh, I really appreciate that in like interfaith um like people when when you're friends with someone of faith yeah, they it get changes it. the conversation yeah they get it and you can you can both talk about the spiritual level within your challenges or your even your achievements and your wins and they just there's there's just this shared understanding of you both believe in a higher power mm. it's just in different books 
you know yeah. and and it's just really beautiful to, for someone else of a different faith to be able to understand that and you know like I think of someone like Rachel from Afrocentrics and you know she's a person of faith and mm. we just click th- there's just this understand yeah. yeah there's just this click there's just this understanding and you know the other day we were talking about like someone we used like to we work can say with. stuff like God willing yeah 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 exactly and like you know even when they're like going through hardship or you're going through hardship you can root it back into your belief in god Mm. in a way that you you can't always do you know i can say to them like you know yeah inshallah your product flies off the shelf yeah exactly (laughs) hafsa from tanzania uh, at hello half says assalamu alaikum ladies big fan of the podcast thanks babes if you could write one paragraph note to your pre-corona self what would you say that's a very good question mashallah okay i do you know what i think we should do i think we should go on our notes on our phone and write as an exercise one quick paragraph pre-corona no don't make me do that please okay, i think we should do it and we'll keep it in as part of the podcast and i think the pre- and i think i think the pre-corona self i think basically means maybe who you were and how you engaged with the world and your home space before lockdown and before you were confined to your four walls okay. i'm done i'm done all right, so who wants to answer this question first? Not me. Chilu. <laughs> um, yeah, one sec. Oh, wait, I need to read my phone, but I'm on my phone. Ah. Oh, sorry. Right, ready? Yeah. It's really, really, really simple. Um, during Corona, obviously, there have been some deaths that I have experienced. Um, but yeah, pre-corona, I would have said to myself, it's okay to grieve silently for things other than people. It's okay to have days where your output isn't measured by how much or what you've created and that your days can be measured by the amount of giggles and laughs that you've had with your children or how much sun shone on your face. The things you can't measure, but you feel abundantly in your heart. It's okay not to eat three meals a day. In fact, there were times where once... Uh, one meal would suffice and the same goes for post-corona just some oh, simple reflection so lovely that was so lovely thank you um i think yeah that that bit about like giggles and sunshine i think the biggest thing for a lot of people that they've been reflecting within the lockdown is like what is my worth and what do I measure my days and success by because I think you know people have had days where maybe they're not doing as much as they would do on a normal day and vice versa and just like yeah honoring your natural flow um as a human should I go next sorry do you want to go next sorry you go next you go next are you sure yeah yeah um okay I wrote down um, mine's a little self-centered a bit more about the self I would tell myself that there will be those who will come out of lockdown or even the era of corona which at this point hasn't even ended yet who will not be the same and who won't have the same habits and who will have a different outlook on life and there will be those that experience few changes if any 
um, and that both would have been okay, but that you are definitely the former and you should embrace that journey, especially as we continue into the unknown future of the corona era, and that you're finally going to create a new relationship with absolutely everything from using your garden to using your mind. Lovely. I like that whole like new relationship with everything. Yeah. So mine in true my personality type, I've just bullet pointed things. Um <laughs> and mine goes, um, so they're like a series of just like bullet point reflections mine goes you don't have to be a morning person to be ambitious you don't mm-hmm. hate cook you don't hate cooking you hate cooking after running around london all day mm-hmm. um personal development is some isn't something for the bookends of your day or to cram some cram into your weekends um call people more mm. trust yourself to be able to work from home trust your natural flow question how much of your life is inherited ideals you can do whatever you want a connection with Allah can be found in everything moving your body doesn't have to be exhausting amazing it's like new context new new ideals yeah. new standards for yourself that are by yourself basically just, I think it's like a lot of like uh, reconciliation because I think just even going when I think about some of the conversations we used to have pre-corona um, mm. Even in, in the office, these were all things that I think we questioned. we questioned, we had such conflicts with, and it's just as if Corona opened up the right amount of space to be able to do everything we always wanted. Yeah. And I know that that hasn't been the experience for a lot of people. Actually, Corona's been like completely... It's just been survival. Yeah, survival, yeah. exactly. That in itself is... Um, something really really transformative even if you can't really look at it from that perspective because you're 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 struggling to keep your head above the water still it would still have impacted you and hopefully in a really positive way but yeah I really love that question Mm. you know you know this time as well like with George Floyd the anniversary of Grenfell the anniversary of the death of uh, the murder of Shukri Abdi the you know, there's been so, so, so much Yemen. There's been so much, subhanAllah. That's like only top of my head, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like part of it is like Allah is forcing us to sit with it. Allah is forcing us to not be busy. Obviously, I know like things are returned to normal for a lot of people. But for a lot of us, like for me, a lockdown still continues. Like my personal situation is a bit different. I go out for walks and stuff. But, you know, I don't go to the shops and stuff. But... I really feel like Allah is like, yeah, this is all happening, but it's not happening in time where you're actually really like busy running around to sit with it. Don't you feel like some people are more busier than ever? Yeah, 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 100. Why? Because like they're having to contend with being at home, working, looking after kids, looking after the household. Oh yeah, good, yeah. Like right now, I'm just literally Do you mean busy as in like more like distractions distractions yeah like yeah i think like you know entertainment being closed it's not as easy to distract yourself like oh just go to the mall or go to this yeah switch yourself off yeah all right everyone that's it for this episode thank you so much to everybody who gave us your submissions um thank you for listening and i think we really enjoyed recording this episode if you want to hear more from us and two cents playlist head on over to the amalia podcast on soundcloud give us a like give us a share subscribe to us if you enjoy our podcast and want to support our production head on over to amalia.com support 
and tune in for our regular overrated, underrated two cents episodes in a fortnight. We'll see you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.